American, huh? Guilty. Well, Americans usually are. Says the white South African? I'm from Rhodesia. We say Zimbabwe now, don't we? Do we? <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Next seminar up April 12th through the 14th, then June 7th through the 9th. Self-sufficient lifter camps on the list March 16th in Wichita Falls and May 18th in Omaha, Nebraska at Testify Strength and Conditioning. Both these camps will cover squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and then how to diagnose your own shitty technique. Lift Shoot Fight is back on the menu, as I've said, May 18th and 19th. This is a weekend in beautiful Wichita Falls where you come and learn all five lifts from Rip and Nick, squat, press, deadlift, bench press, and power clean. And then you get to work on some combatives and some basic pistol handling with Nick and John Valentine. This course is open to anyone and everyone. There's no prerequisite. You don't have to have any experience with any of this stuff. So check out the link for details. Press and Bench Press Camp, July 20th in Indianapolis, Starting Strength Indianapolis. Deadlift and Power Clean Camp, April 6th in Queens, New York. And then the following are all squat and deadlift camps with spots still available. April 6th in Indianapolis, April 6th in Phoenix at Weights and Plates, April 6th in Orlando at Starting Strength Orlando with the world's okayest starting strength coach, myself. And then April 6th in Boise at Starting Strength Boise, April 28th in Baltimore, Maryland at 5x3, and November 2nd back in Indianapolis. Folks, if you're not part of the Starting Strength Network, why not? You're missing out on opportunity to, to interact on the in a private forum, get your questions answered by RIP, access to exclusive content only for Starting Strength Network members, and then the video versions of all of the weekly podcasts. You can head on over and check it out today at network.startingstrength.com and just see how cheap the subscription is for all of the fun and excitement that you're going to get. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting strength, Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It is, once again, Starting Strength Radio. Your favorite thing that happens on Friday on the internet. Starting Strength Radio. Where we solve your problems for you. And today, in fact, we're actually going to solve your problems for you coffee here in our cup thoughtfully provided Who's, by our what's what's krcl krcl is our as our uh, copyright patent trademark attorney oh they're geniuses all right and they give us a, a coffee cup every once in a while so i thought hey guys throwing the coffee out <clears throat> Might as well plug these guys. I bet they're not watching them. If you, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're not watching. <laughs> no, no. There you go. So uh, you need something copyrighted? Call these guys. All right. Now, but today, like I said earlier, it's a you got a bug in here, you know, and no way to kill the son of a bitch. No way to kill him. Said bug. Oh, 
this is gonna it's gonna be a problem. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> I, I have uh, pretty bad. Uh, it's not uh, it's not like arthropod phobia or anything. It's it's a hatred of arthropods. It's not a fear. It's a it's a hatred. I just like flies and shit. I can't go to sleep if there's a fly in the house. Till I kill him, I can't. I can't even go to sleep because, because you know why? Because he'll land on me while I'm trying to sleep, <laughs> and I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. I don't live in Zimbabwe. I don't have to look, have flies crawling around on me all the time. Just ignore it. So yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, perfectly reasonable. So anyway. So what did I say? Did I say we were going to do a call-in Q&A? Did I tell them that today? Yeah. Two types of Q&As here. Paper Q&A. Kind of looks like this. This is haters' comments. But it's, when it's a paper Q&A, we print out your typed questions and read them and make fun of you. Today, you're going to call in, and we're going to make fun of you live on the air. And by the way, if you want to and, call in, queue, queue up. It's one 490 1-855-490-0125. It's real good. Okay. He's good at that. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk to you. You're going to ask us questions. We're going to have fun <coughs> at your expense and uh, hopefully maybe even answer the question for you. You know, I met a guy in Chicago who called yep. in in I don't remember the date two years ago yeah call in Q&A 61 weighs 185 61 185 well at the time and you told oh, him you told him on the podcast to gain weight and that he was too small yeah. and uh, he's currently 250 250 like a human six, male 61 250 61 250 that's yep. impressive so I wanted, yeah wanted me to tell you he listened well good I'm glad that happened I'm glad that he how long is. Did it take him to I, I promise you that he is, too. Yeah. How, how long did it take him to gain that? He's been at the gym, well, shit, I don't know, two two years since nice. the podcast. Nice. Probably two years. Yeah. Oh, he probably gained He probably did it. No, actually, actually he told me he got up to 295 and then went too fast and then uh, 295. And it is 250 now. That's, yeah. a, that's a big man. And cut back down to two, 250. 250. So. Yep. That's still a pretty big guy. Yeah. <clears throat> 95 is... Not, yeah, pretty huge. 295 that's, is a big, that's a big, huge yeah. motherfucker, you know. Yeah. Six foot, 295, that's a. 6'1. 6'1, six, six six one, one, 295, that's. Big, thick boy. NFL size. Yeah. Or maybe. No, uh, NFL. No, nah, NFL. They're taller than that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's more like 6'8. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, let's get this dog shit over with first, shall we? This, this is our this week's installment of our famous section. Uh, uh, what do we call this? A uh, segment. A segment entitled <laughs> comments, comments from, from the haters. Now these are some particularly hateful and at the same time stupid. Haters' comments. All right. For example, some guy says, this is in response to our learning to squat video segment. And he calls that, a, this. that's a sumo squat. 
What? Apparently not understanding the meaning of the term. Sumo or squat? That's a sumo squat. Okay. He doesn't know what either one are. No. No, he doesn't. But that that makes him perfect for comments from the haters. For YouTube comedy. (laughs) Exactly right. All right, so here's one that says, this is in response to the Plowman's Lunch and the Miser's Feast, which is recent, right? Yeah, a few days ago. A few days ago, uh, Plowman's Lunch and the Miser's Feast is the title of the book by uh, our friend... uh, Yarvin? Was it Yavin or Yarvin? Brian. Brian Yarvin. Brian Yarvin. What a great uh, guest he was. Oh, he was great. He was great. great guest. We need to have him back on. Oh, yeah, 100%. Very, very passionate. We'll have him back on to talk about, he wanted to come back and talk about meat and stuff. He's yeah. A big uh, meat fan, and we can talk to him about all kinds of stuff. And he'll have a different perspective on it than we do since he's a, since he's a Yankee from the <laughs> northeastern part of the United States. You know, that doesn't make him evil. It just means that he's. I don't know. He's, he's very cultured. Oh, this guy—he's sharp guy. Yeah, so maybe no maybe he'll surprise us. Oh, I bet he will. I bet he'll teach us things, which is why we have these people, right? All right. So, at any rate, someone commented: heavy breathing. Someone is very, very hangry. H a n g r e y, hangry. Get it? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Angry. <laughs> And hungry at the same time, uh-huh. which is it's pretty common. It's pretty common breathing, I guess. Right? <laughs> Fat man strength should be the name of this channel. All right, so here's somebody says, but what about the West Side barbell conjugate system? And this is in response to bodybuilding, starting strength, and something else. What was the last part of that uh, clip title? I don't remember. I don't Do you remember? remember. It's an old one. It is an old one. There's yeah. no doubt. Bodybuilding, starting strength, and something running. Uh, what about the Westside Barbell Conjugate System, which built a ton of elite level power lifters? They were elite level power lifters before they did that. They assistance <laughs> they assistance exercises in a bodybuilding higher rep format. You know how you got to be. A, a resident athlete at Westside Barbell, you had to have total two thousand. So they were elite before they even before they did before that. You program. walked in the floor, yeah. so it's impossible to say what caused what for whom. Yeah, except that it's possible to say that you know better lifting through chemistry was <laughs> in play, and there's nothing wrong with there's that. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing, not goddamn thing wrong with that. But let's not act like we all right this podcast was 78 minutes and 52 seconds of listening to rip smack and slobber all over his mic that's the food show y'all didn't have to edit it he listened to the whole thing though. <laughs> all 78 minutes and 52 seconds yeah must not have been bad i'm one. surprised it lasted that long the the pocket now that was good that was interesting Dale Braithwaite, B-R-A-I-T-H-W-A-I-T-E, 6890. That, again, is 
Dale, D-A-L-E, Braithwaite, B-R-A-I-T-H-W-A-I-T-E, 6890, said, I named my cat Rip because he's a fat pussy. <laughs> so, you know. Jesus. <laughs> there you have that. All right. All right. Here's another comment on the eating show. It's Tuesday, in it. <laughs> Tuesday, I guess that's a play on the word Tuesday. Yeah, right. Right? Right. Okay. Somebody named Kempton Bryan says, this guy should add an arm day. What's the video on that? The program for older lifters isn't the same as for younger lifters. Because hmm. older lifters are also concerned about their arms. Of course. Equip lifting and high school powerlifting. Starting strength network previews. This is this picture is you and Rusty. It looks like you got on a flannel shirt or some kind of. Is that when you that had was it? last? That was yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, Gang's Day kind of shit. Yeah, that's when you had that real nice shirt on. That's when you had that well, that Pendleton. Mm -hmm. That's my pen yeah, that's my Pendleton shirt. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is painful to watch. <clears throat> Ripito trying to stay relevant. Man, in his own words, I think Ripito is a stupid motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> He must be a powerlifting coach. high school powerlifting. He's, he's a high school powerlifting coach. He's a high school powerlifting coach, or a parent of a, of a high, high school, school powerlifter, power or a yeah. parent of a high school powerlifting coach. A kid who squats six seventy five. Yeah, in a suit eight oh, yeah. inches high. Mm -hmm. Right, knee wraps suit. So, anyway, sixteen years old, blasting test. <laughs> <laughs> So that concludes this week's installment of comments, comments. From, from the haters. Okay. That was a good one. It's pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. That'll look good on the 300th anniversary show. That's right. Coming up, right? What are we on? Do you know? Coming up here in a couple of years. or three? Probably. Six months. Wait, wait, 52? No, it's a year and a half. Uh, two, that's a year. Yeah. That's about a year. Yeah. Another year. If we're all still alive in a year. The COVID doesn't get through get us. the fucking Civil War. Yeah. Might be beyond that. The already starting Civil War. Or World War Three. they're all starting at the same time. Yeah, World War Three is more concerning than the Civil War, I think. You know, like the the nukes. civil war has already been settled. The nukes and shit is a problem. We already know about the civil war. <laughs> we win that. They could fuck us up just without even attacking us. Mm. I mean, how many nukes would it take to destroy the whole the whole deal? If they if they <laughs> would agree to confine their nukes to Washington D.C., good to go. Los Angeles and New York City, I, I'm fine with that. <clears throat> I probably deeply offended. One or two people. Yeah, right? a couple. A couple. Yeah, I just don't really care. Oh, well. <sighs> All right. All right. You want to talk to people on the phone? We can talk to people on the phone. Okay. Or we can talk to people. 
Oh, I know what I want. Somebody sent me yesterday. In fact, they sent me, and some two or three other people have sent this to me. This thing where Peter Atia is that how he pronounces his name? Uh, Peter that's Atia. That's an author. Yeah. The doctor guy. Yep. And he's talking to to uh, uh, what's his name? Stuart McGill, the back. Oh yeah, the expert back guy. Right. up in who doesn't deadlift. Yep. Up in uh, Canada. And they're talking about how horrible squats and deadlifts are. <laughs> you know, Peter Atia's book is, is pretty good until he starts getting out of his lane and talking about getting working out of out. His lane, talking about training. <clears throat> but the thing is, he talks about heavy resistance training. He just doesn't know what he that doesn't, means. He doesn't understand what it means. Yeah. He doesn't know what it means. He thinks that's leg extensions, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and they uh, convince a lot of people about this, uh, you know, that kind of silly-ass line of thinking. Well, I mean, after well, all, they quit. he is a doctor. Anything heavy lifting equals power lifting, right? And look at power lifters. They're not healthy at all. Power lifters, every one of them are in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. They're all hospitalized. I they, all, they all died of COVID. I thought yeah. you were going to talk they, about uh, Peter, yeah, Peter, Peter Thiel and the uh, the uh, competitor to the Olympics that he wants to put together that's untested. Mm. That's awesome. I hadn't heard of that. No. But yeah. What's the deal? Uh, I don't think it's – are they actually calling it the Enhanced Games? Enhanced Games. He, yeah, he's he's uh, it invested in a organization that is going to do the Olympic sports without testing. Good. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Good. And nobody's going to care about the normal Olympics after they see that. Well, uh, you know, sports fans want to see – uh, violence, right? Why does anybody watch a car race? So they see cars go in a circle for an hour and a half? Are you going to say it's so that they can watch a crash? <laughs> so I, I don't watch, think that's the case. So they can watch somebody crash. You don't think that's how? No, I don't. Know. Know. I don't know. There, there's fans that actually genuinely but, enjoy the you race. Know, I mean, you know, to, to be honest, what's really going to happen is that, you know, we're just going to do what is already happening and not pretend like it's not because that's all the Olympics is right now, right? But the, the, the cool thing about it is, is they, don't uh, have to, they don't have to cycle off and lose a bunch of strength right before. Right. Right. Right, they can actually they, show up and do their best. Totally. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah, it's it's crazy, but a lot of people in the in the general public just really do think that Olympic athletes are clean mm-hmm. because they're tested. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. So it's just it's just the silly. general public uh, all had a mask on two years ago too, and that ought to reveal something about the general public, you know. Yeah, it's silliness. So you know, it's it really is. Uh, those of us that are uh, uh, more fortunate than some other people often lose sight of the fact that the average IQ in North America is, I think, it's one hundred three or one hundred five. I mean, the scale was set up that the average IQ is a hundred, but I think it's probably moved up a couple of points over the past seventy-five years, but. Have you ever had, tried to have a actual meaningful conversation with somebody with a 105 IQ? Yeah, it's most people. So yeah. they don't know what they're talking. They don't know what you're talking about most of the time. I know a lot of people with high IQs that wear masks, though. It's not an intelligence problem. 
Well, it no, it is an intelligence problem because they're not applying their intelligence to this partition of their behavior that they perceive is social interaction. They're not applying the same intelligence that they possess um, and apply in other areas to going to the store. Yeah, but intelligence doesn't equal balls is what I'm saying. No, oh, no. It's intelligence not, intelligence doesn't have anything problem. to do with it's balls. A, but a, it, but at some point, that guy was sitting in the parking lot of the, of the store, and he said, well, I, I know this is stupid. This doesn't prevent the transmission or uh, contraction of any disease. Uh, but, you know, if I don't... Uh, I don't wear this mask in there, and people are going to look askance at me. And uh, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's social pressure, even on, uh, <coughs> even on guys with you know 145 IQs. There's social pressure on everyone. Now, the people with 160 IQs don't They're recognize that. Well, those people are called autistic. Well, they're not necessarily <laughs> autistic, but a lot of them are. Yeah. They're on the spectrum, you know, at some level. And uh, they just, they, they, they're, the social interaction is just not something they, fig, they, they factor into daily existence, you know. Right. Uh, but... You know. Anyway, what else? What were we talking about before we got distracted? By we were talking about the uh, people. We we're talking about the but, enhanced Olympics and how awesome oh, the that's enhanced be. Olympics. That's right, the enhanced Olympics. Uh, and how we don't have to pretend like Olympic athletes are clean anymore. Let me let me ask you a question. If you had two football leagues, and you had the the NFL like you have it right now and then a, a rival uh, league was started up by somebody with foresight like Elon Musk and uh, and that league was uh, a league in which everybody playing the sport on the field every Sunday was required to be on performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, required as part of their contract to be on at least some kind of steroid and, you know, a bunch of caffeine or whatever they, whatever they felt like they needed to take. Um, which one would you watch? The one that was most exciting, which is going to be the one with the right. That that's, doesn't that's look obvious, like, isn't it? That doesn't look like football in the forties, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's that that's that's that question just answers itself, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And when are, where are the uh, where are the athletes going to go? In other words, who is going to want to play in the league where they're closely monitored? If there's a if there's a uh, alternative, yeah, right. If there's an alternative. You're going to play where you well. You're going to play. Uh, 
you're probably going to play where they pay you the best in the final analysis. But if everybody's watching one of those leagues and nobody's watching the other one, who makes more money? This is this is you know, look, you're 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 pissing up a rope here. You know, human nature is what it is. And uh if you know and very high level competitive athletes are going to take risks. Very regardless, high level competitive athletes regardless of have the rules, already taken risks. They're going to take risks regardless of the rules. They don't care That's about right. the rules. They, they are risking they themselves every time the ball is snapped. Exactly right. And if they could do something to keep from getting hurt, like take steroids, get stronger, then that's what they're going to do. And they're going to perform at a higher level because they're not hurt and because they're less afraid of getting hurt, because they're stronger and faster. And as a result, what are the fans going to watch? We're going to watch those guys. Now, everybody knows this, don't they? You all watching this right now understand that if you had a you had a steroid league and you had a drug tested league, you're not going to watch the drug tested league. You're going to watch the steroid league because it's more fun to watch, right? And then you can you know be all sanctimonious about it if you want to, but that's you know that's kind of pointless. It's already uh, already happening a, l- a little bit in some sport. In the jiu-jitsu world, it's it's definitely the case. You know, and the not case? that and not that people don't watch the other leagues, but there are leagues that are very uh, sanctimonious about their fucking drug testing. And there are some who uh, just don't. Te- and it's not that they call themselves a steroid league; they just don't test, right? And uh, it's more exciting. Bigger payouts. It's more mm-hmm. exciting. So yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, it manages itself. Yeah, it works itself out. There's like the vast majority of human behavior. All right, well, let's stop talking and start talking, shall we? Okay, here we go. Let's see who's on the phone. Hello, Raphael. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Raphael. Raphael. How are you doing, Rip? I'm fine, man. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you very much for taking this call. Uh, Where are you? Hey, and by the way, I, I am in. I'm down in Miami. You're in Miami. All right. All right. Yeah. How's the weather uh, in Miami just, right just, now? Just, Probably eighty-five. It's, uh, sunny, right? it's not. No, it's a little bit more disappointing than that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like just just around below seventy. Well, that's, that's uh, nothing wrong with that. Shit, perfect. It's perfect weather. <laughs> Perfect weather. Yeah. I like it, Sammy. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's cool. So, uh, anyway, what can we do for you today, Rafael? Well, I have a question uh, about the the staying tight during the squat, pinching the the shoulder blade, just just keeping a tight upper back. Mm -hmm. I noticed uh, when I'm getting tired, and also a friend of mine, we live together. He's, he's pretty tall and lanky. Uh, especially for him, I noticed that if I say, you know, just kind of like trying to be helpful, hey, tight upper back, his, his, uh, his back gets a little bit more horizontal for him. 
Right. And I don't know, you know, what's, what's, what's going on. And I don't know if that's supposed to happen, you know, based on his drive. Uh, it doesn't happen right. so much to me unless I'm really, really tired. So I was wondering if that's actually causing it. If maybe there's to be like something like an over pinching of, uh, of the shoulders uh, or something like that. Well, see, you, you're not really in a position where you have to actively pinch the shoulder blades together in a squat. Now, getting tight is part of setting those all that muscle mass on the upper back the uh, trapezius and the rhomboids will control the position of the scapula the shoulder blades but what also controls the position of the shoulder blades is the grip width now your grip is supposed to be as close together as you can get it without going into wrist overextension. That is what keeps the upper back tight. Is it is a nice, correct, close grip on the bar, but maintaining normal anatomical position in the wrists. All right, so this is normal anatomical position in the wrists. This is flexion of the wrists. And this is what happens when you let the the bar roll back into your fingers. All right? So you want the bar right here like this in normal anatomical position. And with your hand in that position, you want your, your, your grip as close to your shoulders as you can get it because that's what supports the bar on the back. All right. You're right. So your buddy is having yeah, trouble staying tight. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, his elbows drop, and then, you know, I just try to be helpful at the moment and say, well, hey, the, do this, do that. But Now, what do you mean by elbows dropping? So as he begin the way down on the squat, I see that, as, as you're describing, sort of like having the shelf and the bar on the back and the shoulders, Right. Uh, as he begins making his back more horizontal. Well, there's the nothing wrong with a more horizontal back. And I, you no, already, no, no, you, know, already know you already know that because you mentioned that earlier. I already know that. But what we don't want his elbows to do is to drop forward of the bar or forward of the plane of the torso. Okay. In other words... His right. elbows in, in the correct position should be maybe slightly above parallel to the plane of the torso, but not up in the air, not up. Right. And we don't not want them wing. to drop down during the descent on the squat. We don't want them to drop down. Okay. If they drop down... You're getting loose, and if you get loose, the bar is going to roll. If the bar rolls forward, it screws up your your torso mechanics that are trying to operate the squat up out of the bottom of the hole. Okay, now let me ask you a question: How tall is your training partner? He's about six one. And how much does he weigh? He's 167 now, and he's 60, 66, 67 years old. 
Well, he's underweight. And I know an old guy like that is going to resist this advice. But at 6'1", 165, you know, and, you know, even at his even at his highly advanced age, he needs to weigh 200 pounds. I mean, he, he, I mean, he's he's he's, he's I'm, I'm sorry, operating. He's, he's no, he's no a, weakling. He's just too skinny. And that may be one of the reasons that he's having trouble keeping his back tight. It's just a lack of sufficient muscle mass to do it. But I, I think the first thing you need so. to do is look in the blue book and look up the explanation of the grip and grip width and the relationship grip width to elbow position and all that stuff because that's probably where you're going to fix this. But the guy needs to gain some weight. He does need to gain. Uh, just, why, do you, for... why do you think I asked that question? <laughs> of course. All right. Of course, because he needs to gain weight. He needs to gain weight so he can stay tighter. So he can stay tighter. Skinny yeah. people have a That's problem staying tight. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. All right, man. All right. All Thank right. You. Thanks for the call. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Full of antioxidants. Oh, good. Coffee. You know, chock full of antioxidants. <laughs> Packed with antioxidants. Bursting with antioxidants. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, right, we got somebody there? on the phone. I think so. All right. Hello. Hello. Yeah, hi. This is Kevin. Uh, I'm calling because I'm getting back to squatting and deadlifting after suffering a high hamstring tendinopathy injury, and I just wanted to get some guidance on how to do that safely and effectively. All right. Tell me about the injury. Uh in early September, I noticed some pain in my hamstring and glute when I was coming out of the hole of my squat, and then also pain right around the ischial tuberosity when I was pulling my deadlift off the floor. Okay. So I tried to reduce the weight as well as the range of motion, but I couldn't do it without significant pain. So I decided to take a couple of weeks off, let things kind of heal up, and then I took more of a physical therapist approach uh, to my rehab. I did some isometrics. And slowly did like bridges with isometric holds, some RDLs. And now I can pretty much body weight squat without pain. And I can do light RDLs without pain. So I figure now it's time to reintroduce the barbell and start adding load. And I'm thinking about progressively just starting with maybe rack pulls for a limited range of motion for the deadlifts. And then for the squats, maybe not going quite parallel, maybe just a little bit high. And just working our way back in, uh, what do you guys think about that? Have you had any imaging done on this? I have not. Well, uh, what what was the onset of the injury like? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I first noticed it uh, in a squatting session when I was coming out of the hole, and I had uh, some pain on my lateral right hip. And I just kind of ignored it and just kind of pushed through it. Sometimes it would show up, sometimes it wouldn't. And after about three or four more sessions, I started feeling it with every single uh, repetition. And and that's when I noticed that sharp pain at ischial tuberosity during the deadlifts as well. So I felt like I probably should have paid more attention to it, but I tried to push through it. Mm. And, and it got to a point where like, hey, I, I, 
I had to step away from the bar because I knew I couldn't do it. Well, here's here's uh, my question is you don't actually know the nature of this injury. You may have an avulsion fracture in there. You may have uh, you may have a, a fracture on the ischial tuberosity that uh, that hasn't avulsed. You you may have just some kind of tendinopathy. Uh, but I I think before. If if this was my injury and it was like that, I think I'd probably want an MRI so I'd know okay. what I was dealing with exactly. Uh, I think that'd be sure. prudent. That's a good use of a okay. of five hundred dollars is to get somebody to write you a prescription for an MRI and and let's look at this okay. and see what the hell is actually going on there. And if it just okay. shows up as is some you know some hot connective tissue will do just that that's easy enough to treat are you what are you are you taking any NSAIDs or anything right now for it not currently no i did so for maybe the first uh four weeks after the injury um and then i stopped taking the anti-inflammatories well i I think you need to if you're going to train you're going to have to get back on those if what we're dealing with is just an, an inflammatory situation but if you got something else going on in there, it'd be it'd be neat to know what it was, right? Now let me ask you another thing, uh, uh-huh. and this this is goes back to the same thing I talked to talked with about the previous guy. What's your height and body weight? Uh, I'm five foot ten, 170 pounds. Five ten, one seventy. So you're underweight. Underweight people yeah, get I've, hurt uh, a lot more easily than than overweight people get hurt okay i really put on about 20 pounds um since starting the nlp in july and i was making really good progress my weights were going up and then this kind of hit you know two and a half three months into my first uh, lp and that's kind of where i had the setback well i think you need to uh i think the first thing i would do is get somebody to write me a an order for an MRI and let's look at this and see what the hell's actually going on. And if you're just, uh, you've just got some inflammation, I think I would get back on, uh, a bunch of, of NSAID and Tylenol. They work together. Take them at the same time. Acetaminophen and naproxen or ibuprofen. Take them together. And then, and to get the inflammation under control, and then start gaining weight again. You're at five ten and one seventy. You're skinny, all right. And skinny people get hurt easier than bigger people do. So you need to be a bigger people, all right. Okay. You need to be two hundred pounds within a month, and you can do that if you want to. And then what I would do with my training is I'd just kind of start back over with a weight that didn't hurt you too bad. And this is if the if the MRI shows that there's not some actual problem in there that needs to be addressed. Uh, and I doubt there will be, but it'd be good to know that, you know. 
I think all all sure. it'll show is some inflammation on the ischial tuberosity, hamstring insertion, hamstring origin. I'm sorry, uh, on the ischial tuberosity, and that's probably all it's going to be. And you're just going to have to just deal with it. Don't do RDLs. RDLs will piss it off. Just squat and deadlift. Squat correctly, deadlift correctly, press and bench press, and don't do any RDLs. Because if you do have a, a avulsion of some sort or some kind of actual structural thing going on in there, RDLs will piss the thing off. Notice that RDLs are not used in the novice program that you said you were doing. Correct. Yeah, they're you know most people don't do the program. And, and I wasn't doing them currently. I wasn't doing them concurrently with the LP. Uh, that was just more from a, a rehab standpoint after the right. injury. And that's exactly the wrong approach to a rehab. You know, don't piss things <laughs> off that you're trying to rehab. Like you know, and it took me a long time to understand this too. I'm I'm not you know telling you you're a dumb guy, but look, if you keep tweaking your back, let's say you keep tweaking your back. And you're doing sit-ups and back extensions. Don't do that. Your back is pissed off at you. Stop aggravating it by wiggling the segments around. Your, Your squats, your presses, and your deadlifts are enough ab work and enough low back work that you don't need to do sit-ups and back extensions. Don't do that shit. You don't need to do that. It doesn't accomplish anything except aggravate an older spine. How old are you? You didn't say that either. Uh, I'm 45. You're 45. If they MRI your spine, if they do a, a low back MRI, there are going to be degenerative changes in your low back. You Did you know that? Uh, yes, sir. 100% of everybody over the age of about 35 is going to show some degree of degenerative change in their spine. That's normal. So when you're 25, you can get away with doing a bunch of back extensions and sit-ups, even though they don't make you stronger. But when you're 45, you can't get away with that. Now, I'm not telling you this because that's what, you've done wrong but it just as an example that your training needs to be as simple as possible your your movements that you're loading need to involve as much muscle mass over the longest effective range of motion that they can right now okay that that allows you to lift more weight but it also allows the individual components of the kinetic chain of that exercise to do their anatomically assigned role in the movement pattern without putting undue stress on any one of them. So let's say you've got a lesion of some sort on your istial tuberosity. What do you think RDLs are going to do to that? Stretch it and push it off. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Whereas a deadlift off the floor distributes 
that stress over, you know, hamstrings and all the hip extensor muscles, but it also in, employs the quadriceps. And, uh, you know, you you come you're, – you're not – specifically stretching the shit out of the hamstring origin on the istrial tuberosity at the bottom of the range of motion of that movement like you are with an rdl right so rdls are the absolutely the wrongest thing you could do for this all right okay but i still think it would be prudent for you to get an mri and let's see what's wrong with it all right, I'll definitely do that. All right. All right. I right, appreciate the help. Sure. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. Moving right along. Let's see what Rob's doing here. Rob. Hello, Rob. Rob, you there, man? Yes, sir. How you doing? Oh, I'm all right. What's going on today? Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, so. What's uh, going on today? I'll be 41. Where are you calling from? Just so we'll know. I'm calling from uh, Maine. Maine. Yes, it's sir. one of the few states in the United States I've never been to. It's Maine. Like, that's like it's Uber Yankee exciting. land, isn't it? I bet it's nice up there. Yes, sir, I, it is. I always I'm thought it was pretty. I'm Arkansas originally, but. I bet it's beautiful in Maine. I've never been there, but I'd I'd like to. Eh, maybe one of these days. It's if it doesn't involve spot. flying on a commercial aircraft, I can go up there. It's a long drive. Be a hell of a long drive. I mean, that's probably a four-day drive, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, every Easily. bit of it. Easily. God almighty. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be terrible. But, you know, at one time I would have done that. I'm just, you know, lack the curiosity anymore. So, uh, so you're 41, and uh, what I'll you, be 41 on Thursday. Uh, well, you're effectively you're 41. <laughs> Let's not split okay. hairs here, Rob. He's 40.98. 40. Point <laughs> 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 All right. Okay, so um, basically, I had previously never done any proper barbell lifting. Um, I did martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and uh, wannabe bodybuilding shit for a long time. Right. And in December of 22, uh, I started, I bought the blue and the gray book, uh, started the program, started out uh, really conservatively because I'd never done anything with barbells before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 5'11", I was weighing 210 when I started. Right. And I did, I started out on bench press at 135, squat 135, press 75, and deadlift 225. Okay. By, by July, I was up to 245 in weight. I was four sets and reps, bench pressing 245. I uh, had my press to 135, squat to 365. And my deadlift to 440. Yeah. And that sounds pretty in good. July, yeah, I was doing good, uh, eating a lot more than I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, 
I work as a mailman, and so I walk about ten to twelve miles a day. Right. And it was it was difficult, but I was getting it done. And then in July, I got pretty sick, and I was down for about two weeks, and it turned out I had pneumonia. Yeah. And I had to be hospitalized for oh, two shit. days. Um, and I got back to it uh, probably late August. Right. And I, I was trying to be as conservative as possible, but um, I just didn't have any appetite, any energy, nothing. Right. And I wrote on the forum, um, on Robert Santana's end of the forum, asking him about it, and his theory was that the weights weren't heavy enough. And I tried to explain that, you know, I leave the gym shaking because I was putting in the work. Right. But I just had absolutely no appetite whatsoever. Right. And um, I'm wanting to get started again because I... I like lifting weights. I enjoy the program, and I feel a lot better when I'm lifting. Right. And I just wanted to see what your view would be on a guy, you know, over 40, wanting to get back into it, but something happened with my appetite and my energy levels altogether. All right. Let me, uh, let me make a suggestion that's so obvious that I can't hardly believe that I'm having to actually make this to you testosterone replacement okay. therapy okay so i had to bug a doctor about that right. to even get a blood test done and right. it came back 680 680 is you know kind of in the middle of the range uh it doesn't okay. mean however that you won't do a whole lot better with it at 1100 don't go to a doctor. Go to a. T- I mean, there'll be a doctor at the at the hormone replacement or the wellness the TRT clinic. clinic yeah, or TRT whatever. clinic, but don't go to your regular doctor. You yeah, go your GP. TRT your GP is going to say, "Oh, you're within range. You don't need this, so I'm not going to give it to yeah, you." Yeah, and there's more to just that. There's more to just that total testosterone yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kind of other okay. things that could be going on, and uh, a, a guy that uh, specializes in hormone replacement therapy knows what to look for. Whereas your quack doctor hasn't got the slightest idea what he's doing. All he does is well, what the drug companies tell him to do. It is uber, uber uh, liberal town up here. And for well, some it's reason, me. they have yeah. a real stigma about, they have a real stigma about prescribing testosterone to someone with a level of 680. Well, do it online, man. Yeah, Whitmer, you don't have to deal with yeah. the people in Maine. Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. Yep. We send people to Whitmer, Whitmer Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation Clinic, and that you can get in touch with him uh, through uh, the Starting Strength Gym's website, and just okay. go, go there and uh, and talk to talk to those guys up there. They'll take care of you. But uh, okay, you uh, your presentation is. Uh, pointing strongly in that direction yeah you, you know gotta, you're not sick anymore but you got sick enough to where a whole bunch of things are depressed and uh yeah it, it went straight to shit yeah i'm sure it sounds like it did but it's let's get it back from shit all right and if 
he gives Absolutely. you some. The first thing I would investigate is the effects of uh, testosterone replacement therapy because I think that that probably will do you more good than anything else. And in the meantime, eat more than you want to because you because you oh, have yeah. to. Start back training um, and make yeah. yourself eat. If you're if you're not training right now, part of the reason your appetite is well, now you've been back training. You said you still had, didn't have any appetite, even though you were training real hard. Whether you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, you're, the individual person's appetite is irrelevant. If you're right. if you're a fat dude, you're going to still be hungry. If you're trying to gain lose weight, and if you're a skinny dude, you're gonna you're gonna be full when you need to be gaining weight. So the, the your appetite is really irrelevant if you're looking at performance gains. Um, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So you gotta you gotta kind of take an objective look at what you're doing and figure out what it is that you want to do and then go from there so the testosterone will help and then also you need to you need to remove the idea that because you're 41 that somehow is negatively affecting uh in any substantial way your progress oh no we we take 41 people and start them 41 year old people start them all the time and get them real fucking strong yeah happens all the time no, I, I've heard you talk to guys that were, you know, 10 years my elder, and you were telling them, you know, you're just a baby, dude. You're starting out. Yeah. And so uh, no, I, you're I believe in a, what you're saying. You're in a good sure. position here. You know, you, you've got, you know, your income is stable. You're, you know, you're, you've got a, your infrastructure is where you need it to be. You can devote some time to training right now and uh, all the little, you know, adolescent impulses are under control and you'll be fine but you yeah. you do need to uh uh you've got to eat even if you don't want to you know it doesn't matter what your appetite is yeah. it's irrelevant you know what's relevant is the okay. math here the math is relevant and the math is you got to eat more and than I, you need to if you're going to grow muscle tissue and about between four and five thousand calories like i've heard you say before yes sir that's about okay. what it takes. That's about All what right. it takes. I'll get on it. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time. call. That'll be good. Okay. Okay. All right. Daniel, you there? Hello, Daniel. Yes, I am. Daniel, where are you calling from, man? Calling from Los Angeles. You guys had some rain, didn't you? He's not sure. <laughs> He's checking. He's he, looking outside. He, his telephone's not working because of all the rain. <laughs> you there, Daniel? Can you hear us? Daniel? Yep. Hey, there he is. There he is. So you guys got some rain, right? <clears throat> yes, we do. Quite a bit. Is it still raining? We're not used to it out here. No, I mean, it is Calm supposed to be the desert, but there is that ocean thing, you know. I mean, it's every once in a while it turns around. <clears throat> yeah, it's that big lake out there west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's going on? Uh, so, I had a question about uh, maybe prioritizing the power clean instead of the deadlift, because right. I'm an amateur sumo wrestler. So, I was just wondering oh, if the... Uh, explosive element will change a little bit all right let me let me point something out to you all right and i don't think you've read the book have you 
Not yet. Well, you've got to read the blue book because it deals with this. The gray book also deals with it in a little bit more detail. Power cleans are important in your training. All right. But don't do power cleans under the assumption that power cleans are going to make you more explosive as an athlete because they don't. All right. So this yeah. is we haven't talked about this in a while, so let me go into some detail on this for you. All right. There is a there is an equation for the concept of power. All right. Power means uh how hard can you hit somebody? All right. Mm-hmm. How fast can you display your strength is power. So whatever strength you've got, it's rapid explosive display is power. Now, this means that there is a way to calculate power. And the equation is P, power equals force times distance over time. All right? Force is how much force you can apply. That's strength. How strong are you? All right? Times distance. And distance is the is inherent in the display all right it is uh if you're cleaning a bar off the floor to your shoulders the distance is the distance from the bar on the floor to your shoulders when you're racking the bar in an erect position now the other variable is the one on the bottom that's the numerator now that's the denominator and that is time how long did it take you to display force over that distance? That is, that is time. If time goes down, then you displayed the force faster. Do you understand that? Yes. Now, it turns out, and this is horrible, but this is the God's honest truth. It turns out that the ability to display power is controlled by your genetics, not by your training. All right. Now, I know it's fashionable for strength coaches at the, uh, at the collegiate and professional levels to pretend as though we can make our athletes more powerful. What we can do is make them stronger, but we can't really make them more powerful. If a guy is playing in Division One college athletics, or he's at the pro level, he's already explosive or he wouldn't be there. We don't recruit slow people for these jobs. All right? The test we use, and this is why it's in the NFL Combine, is the standing vertical jump because the standing vertical jump is a direct look into the efficiency of your central nervous system your specifically your neurovascular system all right and the the standing vertical jump test is is diagnostic for power because you are standing with it, it measures the distance from your upraised hand way up high over your head, the tip of your finger, 
to the position of the tip of that finger at the top of a jump off of the ground. Got it? Now, what the yeah. jump off of the ground does is accelerate your body's mass. And then we measure the distance that that <coughs> velocity carried you up in the air. So the 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 relevant part here is that you that you bend your knees and hips and then you jump up in the air. You've seen this done, I'm sure. How yeah. long do you think you spend straightening out your knees and your hips to generate the part of that movement pattern that carries you up into the air? Uh, well, it shouldn't be too long then, right? No, well, it's a couple of tenths of a second. Mm. So, in other words, if if you're an average guy of college age, your standing vertical jump is 22 inches. That's an average college age vertical jump. But if you're on the team, your jump probably is somewhere north of 32. You might be up in the 36, 38 range. The record standing vertical jump is, I believe it's 47 now. A guy with a 47-inch vertical jump has got a different type of of neuromuscular system than a guy with a 22 inch vertical jump right right that's it's fundamentally different in that the standing vertical jump measures your ability to recruit muscle mass into contraction in a very very short period of time and that is what that's the nature of power that's what power is Okay. So yeah. when when we deadlift and squat and press and bench press, we're building the ability to exert force against an external resistance. And then when we have you power clean, we are allowing you to do an extra we're forcing you to do an exercise that makes you uh keep your display of explosiveness current with your increasing strength as the power goes a power clean goes up it goes up not because you're more explosive it goes up because you got stronger and at the same time you're doing power cleans that's why your power clean goes up Right. So we don't, in other words, what I'm saying is we don't do power cleans to increase your ability to explode because that's already controlled by your strength and your genetics. But we do power cleans because we want you to practice exploding. We want you to get used to the idea that you can move quickly and there's no better exercise for that than the power clean. But to say that you're going to do power cleans instead of deadlifts and squats completely ignores the actual physiology of what the hell is going on as you get stronger and more powerful. 
So you think about that, all right? Because you can't emphasize power cleans over deadlifts. You have to do both. Because I'm in my uh, tail end of my second week of uh, my first novice progression. Mm -hmm. I kind of watched the YouTube videos and had to change my squat up. I kind of grew up high bar squatting and sure. Olympic squatting for, for college. So learning the technique was a little uh, different. And then um, the YouTube comments said I might be stubby and I'm probably deadlifting pretty shitty just because of my dimensions. Well, I, what are your dimensions? What do you mean? Are you short? Uh, uh, well, 6'2", 265. Um, my arms kind of hang down to my, my fingertips are at my mid-thigh. It's about normal. It's about normal. I don't know. You sound like you got normal proportions for a tall person. Uh, and then, um, I, you know, there's... The numbers the, probably aren't... I've known real thing. strong guys that are your height. Mm-hmm. Real, real, real strong guys. And, uh, you know, 900 squatters and stuff. And, uh, and so your your height is not a, a handicap by any means. <clears throat> Got it. Are you already a pretty and, explosive uh, guy? Some... Were you athletic? Did you? Yeah. What sports? is your What is like your football? standing vertical? Do you know what it is? Uh, I think when I was playing football in my my heyday, I was three hundred and ten pounds. My best standing vert was about twenty two inches. Twenty two. What position did you play? Yeah. Left tackle. Yeah, you're probably not a the, the explosive freak then, or you'd had better than a 22-inch vertical. 22s. And, you know, yeah. but by the same token, we don't know if the guy testing you knew what the hell he was doing. We don't have any idea what that is. How old are you now? 25. 25. Well, the, the, the only reason I ask is because you're, you know, and, and Rip mentioned this, but it, – the way you're going to get more powerful is to get your deadlift up, and for a guy your size, it's it's up up 700 pounds, yeah. you know. Um, so depending on where you're at th- now, you got some work to do. And if you're going to do sumo, you probably yeah, want to deadlift, at, you probably want to be deadlifting 700 pounds. Yeah. If you, uh, yeah, I'm at 315. I'm probably not grinding enough. Well, what are you? You're deadlifting 315. Yeah, you got some work to do, man. Yeah. You you need to immediately get yeah. your deadlift up over 500. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, if you're if you're going to play sumo, your hip extension strength is extremely important. It's extremely important. That is directly proportional to your deadlift and to your squat. You need to be rowing heavy. You need to be deadlifting heavy, and you need to be squatting heavy. I mean, imagine if your deadlift was twice as strong as it is now. If you were twice as strong as you are right now, what you could do to another person? You, look, man, you may you may just have a coaching issue. I mean, it sounds like you're struggling with the various aspects of the deadlift. Yeah, uh, a coach could probably straighten uh, you out if you. Uh, he hasn't got a strength coach. Yeah, a competent strength coach. Yeah, take a take a thirty minute drive down to uh, the strength company. In Costa Mesa, see those guys. Have them look at your squat, look at your deadlift, um, and then and then get on it. Yeah, they do our stuff, so we we know those guys and they're competent. Uh, 
do you are, are you familiar with uh the history of of sumo kind of yeah i am i've been i've been doing it for a little bit do you know I who chiona fuji do you remember chiona fuji i do he's kind of the gold standard for that's a, a strong motherfucker that guy yes, was is. a strong strong motherfucker now and uh, we used to hear rumors that he was a lifter. I don't know if that's true, but that's 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 the strength level you want. And uh, but three fifteen deadlift—that's just baseline strength for a human male. That's not that's yeah. not you know that's not strong at all. Four oh five is really not strong. Guy your size. Baseline strength ought to be 495. But if you get up to, you know, high sixes, low 700s deadlift, that's probably about where you're going to want it to be. That's where you're going to see the, the, the greatest amount of carryover to the sport. I don't think that you need to become a dead, a power lifter, you know, such that the amount of time spent under the bars interfering with time on the mat, but which you can't have, but, uh, you have got to get the idea in your mind that you know a 700 deadlift is kind of where you need to be and more in the short term that a 315 for a guy your size your height and your body weight is extremely inadequate that's inadequate yeah the, and um, and not and not that um you know that's why i keep saying it's probably a coaching issue cuz you you should be deadlifting way more than that and oh if you're yeah. Not there's a there's a problem somewhere, and you got to get it straightened out. Are you working with some kind of coach right now? Uh, no, I'm alone. But um, not making excuses. I, I used to deadlift five um, at three hundred eight. Now you weight, need to get back up. Great, but I mean, you need to get back up to yeah. that. You can return to that within two or three months, I would imagine. If you if you just get the idea out of your head that the power clean is more relevant to what you're doing now than the deadlift is. You cannot display strength that you do not possess. You cannot explosively display strength that is not there. All right. If you're struggling with a 315 deadlift or anything, you know, anything sub 500 for you, uh, any amount of power cleaning is not going to improve explosion or strength. I would deadlift three days a week adding – Yep, ten pounds of workout for two or three weeks, and then I would start adding five pounds of workout. And when I got up to, oh, when you get up over four hundred, you can start doing some power cleans every other workout. Yep. But until then, you I just need you to just it. add weight every workout. Do a set of five. Just one set of five. Warm up. Do a set of five. That's ten pounds heavier than the previous workout. And then when that gets too big a jump you take five pound jumps then you do that for a while and then you start going deadlifting every other workout and in between is power cleans and that's how to be done you got it all right good luck man thanks for the call Is there any sumo in Texas that you know of? Not that I'm aware. Not that I'm aware of. 
I'm always fascinated with it. It's a real, real interesting sport. Yeah, it's pretty violent. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, my buddy Mosier used to send me videotapes a long time ago because they would they'd play the sumo tournaments on TV over there. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, he would tape them and send them over here, so I got familiar with it. God, that's fun to watch that stuff. It's just very, very interesting. All the other shit that goes along with it. Yeah. Watching. It's much tied into Japanese culture. Yep. Watching big dudes move that fast. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> Those are some athletes now. Could you imagine old, old battles and those guys being on the battlefield? Just fucking people up. <laughs> just fucking them up. Just picking yeah. people up and breaking them in half. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see where we're at here. Where are we at? <clears throat> Hello. 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 Mr. Ripito. How are you? Fine. Who's this? Well, my name is Niall from sunny Florida here. Niall. Nile. Yes, like the river. Right. Oh, okay. Got it. Or like a nihilist, where you don't believe in anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've given up on everything. Right. <laughs> right. Probably the wisest. Uh, yeah, greetings to you in, uh, in the Asgard company. I got a shoulder question for you. All right. My father fell off a ladder about a year ago. Right. And uh, he. He had a minor injury. Uh, he was out of work, and I believe he uh, detached the ligament, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head. I believe it was either the one that connects the clavicle to the scapula or one of the transverse humerus ligaments. Well, it's still kind, of full range of motion. What, kind of important to know the exact yeah, know. nature of the injury. Yeah. Um, well, well, here's here's what I'm getting at. All right. His surgeon tried a reattachment on this ligament and claimed that it didn't attach, and he wants to replace the whole shoulder. Well, I remember you telling me, or you saying in a video that replacing the shoulder pretty much it's a wrap for you when it comes to putting load on it. Yeah, it's um, they I, haven't got shoulder replacement surgery down really. Uh, the joint <clears throat> is 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 does not lend itself to replacement like a hip or a knee it is it's exposed and the the little ball and socket assembly is it's a shallow not terribly robust joint but what are his uh what are his symptoms now is he okay or is he is he yeah, he's okay. In in, in certain uh, positions, he'll get the feeling of impingement, mm -hmm. but it's not the normal impingement position. Mm -hmm. So I got him pressing up to 75 pounds. He's scared to do anything more than that. And um, his doctor's trying to tell him to replace it, and I tell him get another graft and try and reattach it again. So that's where I'm kind of like, I know you've gone through some shoulder stuff. Oh, uh, out of those two options, would you go for a reattachment, or would you... Uh, I would, would always favor original equipment over prostheses. Okay. Always. If there is an a if there is an allograft available for that surgery, that's what you want to do. Because 
once they cut the thing out and throw it in the trash and put a piece of steel in there, that option is not available to you anymore. Okay, you're you right. went to the end of the line. All right, so the first intervention would be the an allograft, which is the replacement ligament, mm-hmm. and and then rehab that, and see how that works. And if he can live with the results of that, that's what he needs to do. But as as far as I okay. can tell yeah. right now, shoulder replacement prostheses are not you know they're just that's that's of all of the of all of that kind of surgery that's the shittiest one we've got right so, so i would, and would you would you recommend the same the same broomstick rehab method uh that's in one of your videos yeah yeah that seems to work pretty well for most of those most of those procedures sure does all right cool well thank you all right, Thank man. You. I don't want. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I appreciate oh. it. Bro. All right, man. Thanks for the call. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Okay. Let's make this the last one. You want this to be the last one? Yeah. What do you got to go or something? Yeah, I got a. I got a night job. Remember? Oh, that's right. You're sweeping floors at that Howdy. warehouse, aren't you? Yeah. All right. Hello, is this Josh? Howdy. Hey, Josh. How's it going? Good. Where are you calling from? <laughs> calling from uh, Alabama. Alabama. Yes, sir. All right. So well, what's going I on? A, I got a, a woman question. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Rest well, your all point. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Rusty's the resident woman, right. woman expert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, that's, that's my wife. So let's have it. Well, all right. I've been burned a few times. I've been on these dating apps for a bit. Well, there's your first problem. And, uh, yeah, I've never done one. Of yeah, them. you know, it's kind of it turned me off the whole thing completely. I, I was wondering, uh, I was wondering if I should just switch to thimbles. <laughs> to what? <laughs> Thimbles. Fem, no, thimbles. Fem boys. I thought he meant. I thought he said <laughs> thimbles, and I'm thinking. Well, oh, that's a that's a terrible admission. What makes you think? Hey, well, what makes you think my, that a femboy is interested in you if women are? Well, okay, all right. You know, good question. But I mean, listen to these pros. I've got I got pros and cons written down here. Right? All right. I came prepared today. I hate okay, this. Um, I hate this. This guys. is a perfect question for Rusty, by the way. <laughs> all right. Hey, look. Look almost like women, right? All right. That's a pro. That's pretty cool, right? Well, no. except for the dick. <laughs> what the hell? All right, I'll get into that. All right. Uh, surprisingly enough, right? Well, uh, they can pretty much do, like, you know, everything a woman can do. You know what I mean? No, they can't. Mm-mm. No, they no. They, they can't do, they can't do a lot of really good things. No, they, they can't do. They can't have a multiple orgasm. I mean oh, that's like is real that's, important. That's like know. the least important thing. <laughs> What's the least important thing for amateurs like you? Yeah, I don't, I don't if really we're talking about, about if we're talking about what women can do, that right. is not on the top of the list. You know, I don't know. Uh, Having uh, babies no, is a big I, deal. I, I disagree. Having a fucking baby's a big deal. 
I don't know that. This I don't is think what that that's relevant to this particular. The question. thimble here is interested in. Yeah, <clears throat> he just has. I train a femboy with barbells and get them real, real strong. But I can't do the same with a woman, right? So that's that's a huge one for me. That's you not. True. I mean? That's not true either. That's, that's not, not true. Either. Man, you're pretty fucked up. Here, you know, here's here's you're, what here's what here's the bottom you've line. Got a bunch of real serious. <laughs> no, no. Here, here's the bottom line. Here's uh, the bottom line. You're a gay man, and you don't want to admit it. Just admit you're no, a gay no, man. No, 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 no. That's what it is. If no, you, that's what's going. That's on. exactly if what's you're happening. You're even considering a femboy. You are a gay man. I mean, it's a joke. You're a gay man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So nothing wrong with it, man. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. No, no. There's not that. There's anything wrong with you. Know. And you need to accept it. That's we, the problem. We've accepted it for yeah. you. So, yeah. so I would just, I would just go ahead and suck you, some dick and, and get it over with. And get it over with and just you know you'll be happy, man. Switch switch community. Everybody else around you knows. Everybody around you knows. <laughs> already know. All your buddies if, already. If you are having this conversation on the internet <laughs> on a podcast, it, you've had it before with other. Everybody people. <laughs> around you knows, so you need to just accept it. All right. Yep. All right. Bye bye. What do I say? What do I say, my dad? Just tell him. He already knows. He already knows. He, 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 he's, he's known, suspected this he's for known a long since time. you were like 10. Yeah. yeah he suspected this a while. All right. So let's I, try again. All right. Bye bye. It's a right. shitty last call. Yeah. Well, no, we got to do a better last oh, call than that. All right. Oh, God damn. We're way funnier than these people. Oh, oh I know. I know. Yeah. It's not going to work. Well, that's why we're at show number 252 yeah. or whatever the hell it is. And we're not quitters. No, no, we're just we're very stubborn. That's our problem. All right, so okay, last one. Who you got? All right, last this one, is the last one. one for real this time. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah, hello. You're not calling us about your sexuality, please, please right? Martin. Have a good question. <laughs> no, that was funny, guys. <sighs> It was something. Yeah, it was, you know, it was interesting anyway. Am I, I on? I, I, I know. You're yeah, on. You're on, bud. You're on. Who's this? I'm on. Martin. This is Martin. And hey, Martin. Yes, sir, Rip. And, uh. So you mentioned earlier, I was listening, I was listening, and you mentioned, uh, uh, that there's a baseline for the, uh, uh, weight, uh, I guess it was a deadlift for the fellow you're talking to based on his age. It just made me think. What what's the baseline at different ages? How do you think of that? Well, it it is real dependent on your height and your body weight, and uh, yeah, okay. it falls off with age. So a guy who is uh, who is twenty five years old and he's he's uh, five eight and he weighs two hundred. Well, his baseline deadlift is going to be, you know, five hundred pounds. That, and that doesn't represent a competitive lift. All right. But that same guy, when he gets to be 45 years old or 50 years old, his baseline deadlift will be down to about 450. And by the time he's 60, he's probably, so, you know, probably going to be considering 385, 400. So right, that so falls that's, off with that's age. That's where I am. I'm going to be, I'm going to be 61 in uh, in a month, uh, five eight. Um, uh, you and I met actually a few years ago at, at Paul's uh, uh, Paul Horn's uh, place uh, here mm -hmm. in L.A. Right. And uh, back then I got to 
275, I think it was. Uh, 275. How tall are you? I was born. You're 5'8". Five 5'8". Eight. Five eight. Body five weight. Eight. Uh, well, I'm overweight now, but it's about 220. 225, 8. I'm trying oh, to get I, back know, into I, it. I'm trying to figure out what should I... Yeah. What so, should you... You, you should deadlift as much as you can. Yeah, you're not training now, so you, you don't have a current. No, I'm I'm getting back into it. I have a squat rack in the backyard, and I'm I'm just going to get off my ass and do it. It's wet right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's wet, but it's okay. It's just water. Right. So what I would what I would do is just he's going to get back yeah. up to 275 pretty quick. You're going to get back up to 275 in about a month, and. Uh, Okay, and then um, you know I I wouldn't assign myself any barriers because when you start thinking in terms of how much should I deadlift at the end of a year, then you're assigning yourself a target weight beyond which you don't need to go. And we talked about this on this on this podcast fairly recently. What you need to do is assign yourself the goal of following the process, not the end point of the process. You're going to come in every day, and you're going to deadlift five pounds more for a set of five than you did the previous workout. That's the process. Now, where that takes you will be a number, all right? But... By the time you get that maxed out, there's going to be a different process that you'll follow. And the process at that point will be going up five pounds every week. And then eventually you'll be at the point where you're going up five pounds every month. And doing some other stuff in between. That's the process, and that's what yields a number. But don't let's not talk about the number right now because we don't know. I don't know your injury history. I don't know if you've, you know, are into, you know, uh, fem boys or whatever. You know, I've got I've got no idea what what no, uh, no. Uh, what what things no, no, will no factor into your ability to follow this process. That's the, the process yields the numbers. Okay, picking the numbers in advance makes no sense. All right. There's no reason you can't deadlift 500. Now, yeah. now uh, at this stage, getting back into it, do I do I do it three times a week? Because you you just said lift every day, but well, at six uh, at sixty one, how, how do I decide? At sixty one, uh, you are going, and you haven't been training, so at sixty one, you're going to start with the normal novice program, which is three days a week. And you're going to alternate. You're going to squat three days a week. You're going to do three sets of five across. And you're going to go up five pounds every workout from wherever you decide to start. This is all in the blue book. You're going to alternate the press and the bench press. So, Which means that one week you're pressing twice and the next week you're benching twice. And then you're going to deadlift every workout. You're not going to do any cleans because you don't need to do any cleans. And at right. 61, they're going to have a, a, a limited positive effect on the rest of your training. 
So you're going to you're going to deadlift 3 days a week also. And and that deadlift 3 days a week will probably last for about 6 weeks. And that's all. And then you'll have to start deadlifting every other day. Every other workout rather. And you'll do a light pull of some sort to sp- split those up because you're going to deadlift you're going to be deadlifting in excess of your squats immediately right first day you'll you'll pull more than you squatted on the first day so let's say that you're going to take your squats up the first day to 135 for three sets of five across that same day you'll you'll deadlift 185 from one set of five and that distance will be maintained and then you know your bench and your press you you'll bench more than you press but alternating those and you're not going to do any assistance work that's just you know you just do these three exercises every day and uh it shouldn't take that long to do work out probably take an hour 15 hour and a half and uh you know eat real good and uh or you're 61. Are you on TRT or not? I'm sorry. What's TRT? Testosterone replacement therapy. No. Well, you something you want to consider. You'll want to consider that. It's an well, option that's available to you. The purpose to, being you're an you know, old man and your testosterone is low. It's good. If, if you decide to go that route, it's going to change your life. It, it's... it's uh, it's not just it's not it's not like taking steroids no No. it's not like Mm -hmm. taking steroids martin it's a it's 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 testosterone is primarily good for your brain when you're 61 it does good things for your brain but you know and i if you don't want to do it don't do it but i'm just telling you it's something to consider okay uh, yeah, I don't know much about it. I'll, I'll well, look, look into, into it. it. We have we have it. a lot of episodes about it. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Okay, I'll look that up. Thanks. And uh, I, but I think that uh, I think that your biggest problem is you need to get the fuck in the gym, get under the bar right now. Yeah. You know, do it today. And uh, I can. Do you? How close are you to Costa Mesa? So, wow, it's probably an hour and a half. Um, oh, that's too damn close. Uh, maybe two hours. Yeah, I, too far. I, I, right. I used to work in Hawthorne, so you know where, if you remember. Well, uh, you have a gym with with uh, bars and plates and stuff. I mean, you don't want to do this. Yeah, I, I have a full squat rack in the backyard. Oh, that's so, right. You're training at home. That's what you said. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I have you, a full setup, yeah. Yeah, you need setup. to do it today. Start today. And, uh, you know, do you have the blue book? Yes, I do. All right. Well, refresh your uh, refresh your memory about how to how to do this. The, at the end of each one of the exercise chapters is a little couple of paragraphs about how to structure the first workout. And that's what you'll want to do. And uh, I'll I'll go over it. The one thing that I don't remember is how do how do I decide what 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 weights to start with? It tells you the very first day. 
it tells you. It tells me, okay, I'll look it up. You're going to start I'll with the empty up. bar. And you're going to do a couple of sets with the empty bar and mess with your form and all that stuff. And then you're going to go to, you know, 75, 95, whatever the, you know, depending on the lift. You know, if you on the squat, you're probably going to do 45 for two sets of five. Then you're going to do a set of five with 95. And then a set of set of five with say 115 and then a set of five with 135 and that's going to feel as though if you went to 155 that the form would change <clears throat> so instead mm-hmm. of having going up to where the form will change you'll stop at 135 and do two more sets right there with good form and then you go to the bench press and you do the same thing. You go up and wait until the next jump would change your form. Okay. And, and then you stay at that weight for two more sets. And then on the deadlift, so, yeah, it's the same thing. The same, the same process, but you yeah, will yeah. expect. I, that's a good way to. That's a good way to judge it. Yeah, it, you will expect your deadlift to be heavier than the squat on the first day, and it will be heavier than your squat for quite some time. Maybe from now on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's the process, and that's you know that's in the book, and. Uh, I would, uh, but I would go do that today. Start that today. I'd, I'd say something just for you know anyone who might be watching who's unsure about this. Um, five six years ago, when I started training um, um, with Horn, I I was one of these guys that never really got into lifting. Uh, you know, I I played with weights, but I never really advanced, mm-hmm. and I was just astounded. Um, I was astounded uh, to to learn what I could do and more importantly seeing people in the same gym um, old ladies come in or just picking up weight when you looked at if you just looked at them walking down the street it was beyond belief you wouldn't well, have guessed it you know no and way. that's that's true in every one of our gyms where we've got qualified coaches we hear the same thing we've it's got, worth it there is a there is a a lady training at one of our gyms who is 99 years old and just deadlifted a hundred pounds the other day at the age of 99. And this is, this is a, a friend of mine in, in Utah is training his mother and his mother-in-law and they're both old women. And the, the change in these people is astonishing. It's astonishing. People who had to have their hands to get up out of a chair are now walking twice as fast across the floor as they were previously. You know, this is this is incredibly important. And it becomes more important the older you are when you start. Because you don't have any idea what you can do in a very short period of time, correctly using a barbell for strength training. 
You have no idea until you do it. And then you it's unbelievable to you. Yeah, so it, it, it it's very, very, very important. And you know, the but doctors would rather give you pills. It's just yep. it's just a it's a damn shame what goes on. Okay. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. And I've seen it. And one of the reasons I want to get back into it is because of precisely what you said. As you get older, this is supremely important. You, you, you can get hurt just bending down to sure. pet your dog. That's right. If, um, if you don't, if you're not strong. If you're not strong, and strong prevents that kind of thing from happening. It makes you live longer, yeah. but much more important than living longer, it makes you live better. Yeah. Well worth it. All right, man. Good luck to well, you. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. All right. That's it for the show today. That's our call-in show, another successful call-in show conducted in the complete absence of any trolls whatsoever. I think the Finboy guy was a bit of a I don't troll. know. The Finboy guy, may have he, he may be that fucked up. You know, he may really be that. That might have been a <laughs> might have been a cry for help. And he what just, did we do? We pissed all over. He him. just needed someone to tell him, "Hey, man, you're a gay man. Just accept it. Just deal with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and it's okay. That's all right. Whatever a guy wants to do with his mouth or his TT or his butthole is fine with me. I don't care. Leave me alone. All right." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, another successful podcast, Stardust Strength Radio, is now in the can. And we will see you guys next week right here on Starting Strength Radio.